Hello, dear friends. This is Pastor Evangelist Robert Venable inviting you to stay tuned for this Christmas edition of Let's Talk About Jesus. We're counting down. Time is very, very short, and the day is going to be here that we as Christians celebrate not just as a holiday alone, but especially as a holy day. We're so happy to be with you today, and we pray that from our house to your house that we can send us the greetings, the Christmas greetings that are Christian greetings, hallelujah, that you will know the peace and the joy and the love uh, and the presence of Jesus in your home and in your heart and in your family relationships this Christmas season. This is a bittersweet time of year for many because we see the perfect turkey coming out of the oven and we see the perfect couple getting together. The Hallmark movies are here. We see the perfect family sitting down to the perfect dinner. And we all know that in living in this fallen world in this fearful time, uh, that is not the reality. It would be great if we could live in this fantasy world, uh, if we could uh, reach for and achieve this wonderful, wonderful, perfect peace, no problem, everything working out beautifully uh, situation. That is not the real world today. Uh, as I make this broadcast, we're hearing of schools shut down in, uh, uh, in, in California. We're hearing of the threat of terrorism. 640,000 students are not able to go to school. You see, this is a week delayed broadcast so that uh, we can get the, the disc to the radio station. I don't know what has occurred in the meantime. I just know that one week uh, before this broadcast was made, we see an entire school district paralyzed because of the threat of terrorism. Now, this is not something I like to talk about, but it is something that none of us can avoid. And how do we cope with living in faulty bodies in a fallen world in a time, uh, the end times, a time that is called in particular in the last days perilous times would come, dangerous, outrageous times, times when when we are uh, under duress and stress, one of the signs of the end, one of the other signs that Jesus gave us was men's hearts failing them for fear and for looking at the things that are coming upon the earth. These are not phobias, unfounded fears. These are legitimate fears. One of the other signs is distress of nations with perplexity. That means all of these problems and pressures facing the nations of the world, and the word perplexity means puzzlement. All of the great thinkers, all of the great planners, all of the great people uh, uh, with such intelligence coming together to try to figure out how to deal with problems that they are still puzzling over because they do not have the answer. Well, we want to get into this message today because the great message of hope and help from the Scripture 
both Old and New Covenant, is to fear not. And in particular, that was the message that was given by angels, amen, in the, in the birth narrative found in Luke's Gospel, the, 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 the most complete narrative of the, of the events of the birth of Jesus Christ, its purpose and its power is found in Luke's Gospel. And so we want to begin uh, uh, just talking about that today. You can read the scriptures that I'm going to mention from the Gospel of Luke, beginning with chapter 1. In the birth narratives found in Luke's Gospel, there's a dominant message of the angels appearing to the priest Zechariah while he's serving in the inner sanctum of the temple in Jerusalem. The angel Gabriel bringing word that Zechariah and Elizabeth will give birth to a son who would be known as John the Baptist later on. And it begins with this statement, Do not be afraid. In chapter 1 and verse 13, Don't be afraid. In like manner, Gabriel appears to Mary, bringing news that Mary will conceive and bear Jesus, being a virgin, the Son of the Most High God. And after the startling words, Greetings, favored one, the Lord is with you, Gabriel continues, Do not be afraid. Mary, for you have found favor with God in Luke 1, 28 and 30. And the angel appears then to a group of shepherds in the hills surrounding Bethlehem on the night of Jesus' birth announces, Do not be afraid. For see, I'm bringing you good news of great joy to all people. In Luke 2 and verse 10, a message that is followed by a multitude of the heavenly host singing of peace on earth and goodwill to men. Hallelujah. There, there's a reason for this reoccurring statement, fear not, fear not. Jesus echoed it to his sheep he said, fear not, little flock. That's men and women who have received Christ as their Savior. He becomes the great shepherd and the good shepherd. Hallelujah. Amen of our souls and our lives. And he says to us, fear not, little flock. It's the Father's good pleasure to give you the kingdom. Don't be afraid. Don't be fearful. And there's a reason for that that is given in the Bible. Number one, because God is with us. Remember the song that was a pop song written some years ago? I still love the tune of it. I just don't agree with the words. And it's the song, God is watching us from a distance. It has a beautiful melody. But something changed so drastically and dramatically on Christmas Day uh, over 2,100 years ago when this baby was born in Bethlehem. God did not just watch us from a distance. He came to dwell among us, to take on flesh, to become incarnate. That's why it's called the incarnation when God the Son was sent by God the Father to dwell among us. Matthew 1 and verse 23 says, Behold, a virgin shall be with child, and shall bring forth a son, and they shall call his name Emmanuel, which being interpreted is God with us. 
God, friend, is with us. The first reason that we can take a hold of as a foundation for living in a fearful, fear-filled world uh, where terrorism is the, is the, 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 the most used word in the news media today. Terrorist and terrorism is like a cloud hanging over every single nation of the world and over every person in the world, young and old alike. Ah, but on Christmas Day, there was a name given to this baby that would be born, and the first name before Jesus, the Anointed One, is, is, is Emmanuel which being interpreted is God with us. And because God is with us today, amen, we can have hope. You know, the Bible said we're not like others who have no hope, and the others who have no hope are those who don't have a relationship with God, a reconciled relationship with God by receiving Jesus Christ as our Savior, repenting of our sin. But when we are reconciled unto God, we have the promise of His presence with us. Deuteronomy 31 and 8, in the Old Covenant, it says in the Lord, He it is that doth go before thee, He will be with thee, He will not forsake thee, fail thee nor forsake thee. Fear not, neither be dismayed. You see, when we're reconciled unto God, we are no longer called just servants of God, not just subjects of his, this great King, but we are called the friends of God. Jesus said to his disciples, I have not called you servants, I have called you friends. They were friends who served rather than just servants without a relationship to Christ. Hallelujah. I've called you friends. Servant doesn't know what his master does, but you do. God divulges to those close friends. And not only friends, we've been called the sons and daughters of God himself. And we are able, because of this spirit of adoption, this, this legal forensic term adoption that has been applied to every child of God, that God is now our Heavenly Father because we are the sons of God. Hallelujah. Amen. So to be called the friend of God like Abraham, to have a reconciled relationship, no enmity because of our sin, because our sin has been so thoroughly dealt with and we've been so completely forgiven that we can have a fellowship relationship with God. You know, the Bible said in 1 John, for truly our fellowship is with the Father and with His Son, Jesus Christ. If God could email you today after you receive Christ as your Savior, <laughs> if you could get an email from heaven, God would say this to you. One of the things He would say is, I want to be your BFF. I want to be your best friend forever. I don't want you to dread me. I don't want you to fear me any longer. There's nothing to fear because I've come to walk with you, to talk with you, 
to take you through this this world of trouble. That's what Jesus said. And when he talked about the pressure of living in a fallen world, he said, in this world you shall have tribulation, but be of good cheer. I have overcome the world. And that wouldn't mean anything if it was just Jesus overcoming, but a Jesus who said, and lo, I'm with you always, and I will go with you even to the end of the age, every step of the way. A newspaper held a contest to answer the question, what is a true friendship? And I want to quote to you the winning answer. Someone who is walking in when everyone else is walking out. Someone who is walking in when everyone else is walking out. I don't know if you're the good sheep or the black sheep of your family. I don't know if everyone else has forsaken you. I don't know if you've done things to cause them to forsake you. But I do know one thing. I know Revelation, the book of Revelation. There is a scripture that says this. Behold, I stand at the door and knock. And if any man open the door, I will come in. And sup with thee, and thou with me. This is the great promise. If you've ever seen the picture of Christ, or a portrait, or you've ever seen the painting of Christ standing at the door, you will notice there is no doorknob on the outside. It has to be opened from the inside. But I want you to know, God wants to be reconciled unto you. And God wants you to be reconciled unto Him. He wants to walk in even if everyone else has walked out. I'm speaking to someone today that this Christmas you feel alone and forsaken and dejected and and maybe filled with guilt and shame. But you need this friend that will stick closer than a brother to you today. And that friend is Jesus and God the Father because of what He did in your behalf. Hebrews 13, verse 5 and 6 said, Let your conversation be without covetousness, and be content with such things as ye have. For he hath said, I will never leave thee, nor forsake thee, so that we may boldly say, The Lord is my helper. I will not fear what man can do unto me. God is with us. He's not watching us from a distance. He is with us. God with us is the great message of Christmas. God coming down, taking human form, and going to the cross and taking our place that we might be reconciled unto Him. That's what peace on earth means. It doesn't mean when this pure baby child come, everybody would ooh and ah and their hearts would melt and there would be no more wars. For that is the message that we would long to hear. But that's not how peace comes. This peace child had to go to the cross to make peace with God. And for everyone that would receive Christ as their Savior, God's peace would then rule and reign in their heart and in their life. And yes, even in all of the happenings that befall us, all who live in this fallen world. We can take courage and consolation this Christmas season because God is not just watching us, friend. God is with 
us. Glory to God. And not only is God with us, God is for us. Romans 8, 31 and verse 32. What shall we say then to these things? If God be for us, who can be against us? He that spared not his own son, but delivered him up for us all, how shall he not with him also freely give us all things? God is for us today. If you receive Christ as your Savior, God is not just with you. God is for you. And if God is for you, it really doesn't matter who's against you anymore. If you've been reconciled unto God, I want you to know, amen, that no one, no one, no one can stand up against you and prevail, not even the devil himself. You know what the devil is called in the scripture? He is called the accuser of the brethren in Revelation chapter 12. The very word devil, diablos, you know what it means? It means a maligner. Someone who tries to tear down your character to, to, to just attack, uh, everything that, that would make anyone think good of you. Uh, to point out every flaw that you have, every sin you've ever committed and condemn you. But if God is for us, and God is for you when you've been reconciled to Him through the blood of Jesus, your sins have been cast away from you according to the scripture and I, as far as the east is from the west. And God said, I won't remember him anymore. If you want to think about that, then you need to. That's called stinking thinking in my book. And we need to get rid of stinking thinking. And quit looking back at where we were before we came to Christ. And look forward to where we're going because we came to Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. Psalm 56 and verse 9 says, When I cry unto thee, then shall my enemies turn back. This I know, for God is for me. Billy Graham, the great evangelist, tells of driving through a small southern town. This was a long time ago. You'll know by this story. But this was an event in his early, early, early life that he used as an illustration in his ministry. He was stopped by a policeman in this small southern town, probably a speed trap, but he was in fact speeding. And being charged with speeding, Graham admitted his guilt, but was told by the officer he would have to appear in court. The judge asked, guilty or not guilty, before he could even travel on, he had to go straight to the courthouse. When Graham pleaded guilty, the judge replied, that'll be ten dollars. A dollar for every mile you went over the limit. Yes, it was a long time ago. Suddenly the judge recognized the famous minister. You have violated the law, he said. The fine must be paid, but I'm going to pay it for you. The judge took a $10 bill from his own wallet, attached it to the ticket, and then took Graham out and bought him a steak. <laughs> Amen. And Billy Graham used that illustration in his sermons to explain, explain God's grace. That's how God treats us as repentant sinners who have received Christ as our Savior. He paid for our sins with His Son and His death on the cross. And now we get to dine with Him 
in heaven. <laughs> We're going to pull our chair up to a table one day called the marriage supper of the Lamb. And we as his, his blood-bought, blood-washed bride are going to live with him in perfect, unbroken fellowship throughout all eternity. Isaiah 54 and verse 17 says it well. No weapon that is formed against thee shall prosper. And every tongue that shall rise against thee in judgment thou shalt condemn. This is the heritage of the servants of the Lord. And their righteousness is of me, saith God. You see, it's not our righteousness. It's not our presenting ourself as sinlessly perfect. It's God's pronouncing of us as righteous because our sins have been forgiven. Ah, you know, the devil is called the accuser of the brethren in Revelation chapter 12. And it says, Now is the accuser of our brethren cast down that accused them before God day and night. And they overcame him. They couldn't overcome him by presenting ourselves sinless. Because he knows and God knows that that is humanly impossible. But if our righteousness has been granted by God because of the blood of Jesus, it all changes. That's why the scripture says, Now is the accuser of our brethren cast down that accused them before God day and night. And they overcame him by the blood of the Lamb and the word of their testimony. And they loved not their life unto the death. It was their realization and revelation of what salvation really means. God with us. Hallelujah. And God for us. And they presented the blood of the Lamb and their testimony of their salvation. That was their only defense against the accusations, but that's all that they needed to overcome. Every, every judgment that could or would be pronounced if God is for us. And praise God He is who can be against us today. And not only is God with us and God for us, but God comes to abide within us. Colossians 1 and verse 27, it says, To whom God would make known what is the riches of His glory, of this mystery among the Gentiles, which is Christ in you, the hope of glory. Christ in you, friend, is the down payment on heaven. That's why the hope of glory in the future is, is produced because God comes to live within those who trust Christ as Savior. Christ comes to indwell those who trust Him as their Savior, repent of their sins. The Holy Spirit comes to indwell us. Hallelujah. The Holy Spirit, which is the Spirit of His Son, is in us to seal us until the day of redemption, to guide, to comfort, to teach, to empower for Christian service. The next time you're in an airport, notice the difference between passengers who have confirmed tickets and those on standby. Those who have confirmed tickets are relaxed. They're confident and expectant. 
Those who are on standby hand around the hang around the ticket counter. You've seen it, and they usually, if they smoke, if they have the habit, they they pace and smoke and smoke and pace and pace and smoke some more, all because of uncertainty. Friend, when you receive Christ as your Savior, God offers us freedom from the burden of uncertainty, so that we can know for sure where we stand with God. 1 John 5 and verse 13 says, These things have I written unto you that believe on the name of the Son of God, that ye may know that you have eternal life, and that ye may believe on the name of the Son of God, that ye may know that you have eternal life. And when you have eternal life, that's future But you have the promise of the God who has forgiven you, the Christ who has died for you, and the Holy Spirit who has sent to you, that He is going to come to indwell you, to strengthen you, and to help you, no matter what you face down in this fallen world, in this faulty body, in this fallen world. You know, we used to sing that old camp meeting song, that old hymn of the Christian faith, I have somebody with me along life's troubled road. I have somebody with me all the way. Though trouble overtake me along life's troubled road, (laughs) I have somebody with me. Emmanuel. You will call him Emmanuel. A title that he didn't keep as his personal name, but a title that indicated what his birth was was accomplishing. God coming down, wanting to be reconciled unto fallen man so that he could be with us, not only eternally, and we could live with him forever, but so that he could be with us as we face all of the pressures all of the problems of living in a faulty body in a fallen world. How, friend of mine, to have this person in your life, to have this, this promised Messiah living within you today, and the fact that He can live in you is the down payment on heaven. Because if the holiest persons of heaven. The only reason heaven is holy is not because the streets are pure gold and the gates are carved from a solid pearl. The reason heaven is holy is because of the holy ones that live in that holy place. And the holy ones is God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. And the wonder of salvation, the message of Christmas is that God, when He's reconciled to us through the death of His Son and our repenting of our sin and receiving His Son as our Savior, when we are reconciled to God, hallelujah, God can come and live within our body by His Spirit. Christ can live within us by the Holy Spirit, and the Holy Spirit can indwell us. Praise God. The three persons of the Godhead that make heaven holy, God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit, can now come and indwell us and feel at home. 
that they're not out of their place. How can a man, woman, boy, and girl like you and me, with all of our flaws and failures, be made that holy? Ah, there's one way and only one way through the blood of Jesus Christ, through the forgiveness that God has granted when he sees that blood, not just supplied by Jesus on the cross, but applied by receiving him as our Savior as we repent of our sins. All today, this Christmas, with all of the fear, terrorism that is in our world today, if you don't know Jesus as your Savior, this is the day, this is the time to receive Him into your heart and into your life. He wants to be reconciled. God wants to be your friend. If He could email you today, this is what He would say. I want to be your BFF. I want to be your best friend forever to never leave you never forsake you to walk in when everyone else is walking out would you repent of your sin today and give God the greatest gift that you could ever give him and that is your heart this Christmas and today if you will receive the greatest gift that you could ever possibly receive, receive Jesus Christ as your Lord and your Savior. Repent of your sin and receive Jesus. And today, if you're a Christian, you're caught in the hustle, the bustle, maybe your heart is filled with condemnation and maybe you wonder, where is God in all of this? He's where He said He would be. If you're a Christian, He's abiding making his abode within your heart, within your life. Recognize his presence this Christmas and receive his peace. Well, our time is gone from our house and our heart to your house. We wish you a blessed, merriest of Christmases marked with peace. Will you come back next week as we get ready for the new year? And let's talk about Jesus.